Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Allegheny Digital. In this episode, I sit down with Paul Battison. Paul is a Salesforce MVP, holds 18 Salesforce certifications, and is a two-time published author. Paul, thank you so much for joining me here on Allegheny Digital. Um, me being a fan of yours, I have uh, your book right here, uh, Learning Salesforce Development with Apex. Uh, it's so resourceful. Um, me being a wannabe developer is what I refer to myself at the moment. So I uh, appreciate you putting that out. And uh, it's great to have you on the show. No, thank you. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here. And yeah, it's good to catch up with you. And uh, Thanks for the kind words. Um, I'm halfway, nearly, well, more than halfway, I'd hope to say by this point. I'm nearly, in fact, we're nearly done with the second edition of that book. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed soon they'll actually, yeah, it's, it's going through all those painful things of having to read through your own work again now. So uh, fingers crossed that a new and improved version will be out there with a few new chapters for you. Jumping right in, I think my first question here, I have, um, you, I mean, you have a ton of accomplishments in the Salesforce space. Uh, you're an MVP, previously a certified instructor. You hold 18 certifications yourself. Um, has anything specific made you stay within the Salesforce ecosystem? Um, probably just probably just because I've been around for so long that it would take forever to change. Uh, no, I think the <coughs> excuse me the um, when I started off, sort of 11, 12 years ago, everything was new. So um, yeah, one of the things I remember about starting with Salesforce is that. It was a brand new platform. Not many people have heard of it. Yeah, when I started in the UK, I started working for Financial Force. I was uh, officially Financial Force's first employee um, because they were a previous company before that. And I was the first one that got a brand new contract on brand new paper. Um, so yeah, they were they were kind of going through and starting up on their side, and and it was it was still this new thing. And I remember getting the release notes and then being about fifty pages, you know, maybe a hundred which is, is readable, you know, you've seen the release notes, you know, the format, there's a lot of, lot of filler and, and, you know, and white space in it, so you, you could scan through and read that. Um, and when I first started, they were just releasing this new UI, which was called Aloha, um, that everyone now loves and hates as classic, that they've got rid of over the past few years. So I think it was kind of it for me, is that it was an, it was an emerging space, it was a new thing. I got to grow, I got to grow my career with it as it grew, um, and it is an ever-changing, ever-growing space. It's one of those things that when I think, you know, Service Cloud and, and Visual Force and things like that were still new when I started doing it. They, they had a marketing cloud, but it was the campaign object. That was it. Um, and so it's the, the reason that kind of I've stuck around is that is that I've got to grow my career on it. I've got to grow as a person learning it. It was It's an exciting area where I was able to, you know, have an opinion and a voice that, you know, was in an area that was growing and learning um, and people were learning with me. The thing that keeps me back with Salesforce is I think after a while you kind of really learn to appreciate the simplicity of it. And there's so much you get from the platform that you still can't get from any other platform anywhere. And the fact that Salesforce keep on adding these new things in, like, you know, the MuleSoft, would, I've started doing more work with and my organization started doing more work with and and seeing how that's allowing us to do things that previously would have been a bit more difficult and a bit tougher is again just making me think, okay, well, there's there's still a new dimension, a new direction to go in. So I think I think for me that's that's the big thing of why I keep on staying with Salesforce is that I've managed my growth to grow my career on it, but there's equally so much new stuff now that 
I want to help others grow their career on it as well. And there's, it's very viable to keep on growing and doing so. That kind of leads into my next question. Um, so like I had said, I'm currently working through your first book. Um, again, that's learning Salesforce development with Apex, but um, what kind of made you want to help others? You had mentioned just briefly um, a second ago, but I'll let you kind of go into that as well. What, what made you want to start writing books and, um, you know, helping other people? So I was, I was very lucky and have been very lucky and, and still am very lucky that um, I've, I've learned from a bunch of very clever and interesting people. I've got to, you know, um, my first manager at Financial Force and one of the guys who taught me some of you know, the Salesforce programming structure was Andy Fawcett. You know, I sat, I sat six feet from him. You know, I was able to go, Andy, what's this doing? Why is this like that? Um, yeah, I learned from people like uh, Carolina Ruiz and uh, Stephen Wilcock. And then, you know, throughout the rest of my career, I've worked with the likes of Joe Ferraro, who you know, built Maven's Mate and got to help him a little bit on that. And, you know, I've, I've been really, really fortunate to have learned from some, you know, incredible people. And, and you know, even now, less on the technology side, you know, my current uh, team that I work with at Cloud Galacticos, there's people who teach me a lot on there. And I think that for me, 90% of learning anything is being interested and passionate about that it. comes from, you know, we all, we've all had that great teacher. We've all had that teacher or that, that mentor or, you know, a colleague or whoever who has made us look at things differently and really understand and get that spark in it. And so I'd been, I'd, I'd kind of been doing training kind of of people as I'd moved up through my career and kind of bringing on new starters and yeah, helping set up graduate programs and things like that. And one of the things I got the opportunity to do was become Salesforce certified as an instructor and do the teaching there, um, which was wonderful. You know, it's, there's nothing, it's one of the, the best things ever is to stand in a room full of people that on day number one, you go, what do you know about Salesforce? And you get a bunch of them going like, does sales or like it's in the cloud. And then by the end of the week, they're like just excited and pumped for it. And, you know, you get to share all that thing from. So that's also one of the hard things with one of the special things and hard things about Salesforce is there's a lot of, admins that want to learn to code but there's a lot of people with non-traditional coding background sorry non-traditional backgrounds without coding knowledge that want to code like yeah if you if you walk into a, the average office full of people that do java or do dartnet like you're going to find what and this is me making up a number 80 percent, 90 percent have got a cs degree like you know it's yeah there's all these people with these non-traditional thing uh, backgrounds trying to come into and i was like well how do you how do you get that build up because even in a lot of the Salesforce stuff that's, you know, less so perhaps with Trailhead now, but if you look at the Apex docs, there's kind of this presumption that you you know C-sharp or you know Java. And it's the, it's the you don't know what you don't know stuff. It's it's that thing of, like, there was a, there was a, um, it was a Twitter post I saw, like, and it's going to be like eight, nine years ago now. It was just someone in the community posted up about they were learning Apex. And I won't use the exact words they used because... This is a family podcast, but like it was just sort of like, how the, am I meant to understand this? Why? What's an accessor? Why does that work? Why is this doing it? And there's all these things that, you know, it's like sort of, it's like, well, to learn this, you need to learn this, but to learn this, you need to learn that. And to learn that, you kind of need to know the thing that you're meant to have started off with. And how do you piece that together? So when, so that was kind of the real drive of me is I'd always wanted to write a book. You know, I had that itch that I wanted to, to scratch somewhere and this seemed a good way to do it in that it was something I could say okay 
how would I go about learning it from scratch now? And how would I think, you know, using my experience as, a, as an instructor, using my experience of training people, using my experience of trying to make these concepts make sense, is how, how would I go about layering it on? And one of the things that hopefully comes across in that book is, is the idea of layering and, you know, rereading it and re-going through it now. There's times when I'm like, okay, I've just repeated the same code like four times on four pages, just adding a line. But, like, but it's, that, it's trying to get that thought process because that's the hardest part is that it's blank page syndrome. You know, you can sit there and I can sit here and have a chat with you and I can draw up on my whiteboard. This is what a variable is. This is what a, you know, fun, a method is or a function. And this is a getter and this is a setter. And you, you, know, you can get all those concepts, but how do you get from that to this is the, you know, how do you get from that and this is the problem I want to solve to something built out and then thinking about how you refactor it as well, because that's a hard part. Yeah, that's a big part of being a coder. So, so that's kind of how I got into it and tried to do it. Of course, I mean, finding, again, going circling back around, personally wanting to get into development and Apex and uh, LWCs, you know, you Google how to do JavaScript or Java. There's millions of books, it feels like. But, you know, you... I want to be a Salesforce developer. You get four choices. And some of those were written in 2012. And people that aren't familiar, it's Salesforce is fast, evolves very quickly. So, um, you know, you have to stay with the time. So, it's real, I, again, I just wanted to, I really appreciate you uh, coming out with these books. Um, well, thank you. That's, that's very kind of you. I mean, just as a, I, that book came out August 20. 2020, 2021, like when was, I mean, I've, I've lost all concept of time because COVID, I think has just done that to people. But like, if you think it's been out a year or two, like I've been able to add three new chapters to that for this second edition. So increasing, so the book was 12 chapters, it's now going to be 15. All of that's brand new material. And a lot of it is stuff that just didn't exist beforehand. And it's like, you know, it's, it's incredible, as you say, like Salesforce changes. It's incredible to think that, you know, I as an author can sit there and go like, wow, I could add another 20-page chapter here. I'm just like, yeah, there's a big area around um, security. Because, you know, when I wrote that book, there was no with security enforced, no stripping accessible, none of these things, which now are in there for Sockle queries and pieces like that. And it's like, okay, this is this is a big area now. This is something that everyone should know about. It's uh, Do you, if someone wants to be a Salesforce developer, should they start, I'm kind of going through this right now in a sense, should they start with, I'm going to study and get certified, you know, dev one, dev two, or should they focus on, I'm just going to create a dev org and YouTube my way to understanding or kind of like a mixture of both. Um, personally, I think you have to do both, but just curious what your opinion is. Where should someone start? I think you're right that you, the end goal is both. I think that the, I think one of the things that's, that's a conundrum in the Salesforce space at the moment that I don't think there is a good answer for is, is what's the value of, what's the value of certifications? What's the value of trailhead badges? What's the value of super badges? And how do they all fit together compared with the experience? And you're just taking this as a, as a, as a person that hires people, right? So I, you know, <clears throat> I'm the CEO of a consulting company. I interview a ton of developers and, it's a real conundrum. If I have someone come to me and say, I've got nine years of writing Apex and Visual Force and I know how to do LWC and all these things, but I haven't got a single cert, like on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's fantastic because I know that they know their stuff. But on the other hand, I'm just like, but 
I kind of need them to have a piece of paper as well that says that they've jumped through this little hoop. And, you know, there's, that's, that's, that's a big problem for people. So my, my advice is always to, you know, there's a reason that they say the phrase practice makes perfect. So practice is the first thing you should do. Like get a dev org, they're free. It's fantastic. They have everything in there and just start hammering away, writing things you, you, you want to learn concepts on and trying things. You know, go out and write, write a batch Apex class, write some schedule stuff, learn about platform events. All of these things you're going to need to work with and do. But then <laughs> once you're in a, once you're in an environment where you are working for a consultancy, a, a, an end user or, you know, or, or an ISV or whatever, and, and your day job is now writing code, then you want to look at honing that to get that cert to validate that you've got what Salesforce consider the right skills at that point, is my kind of opinion. And having that little cert that says, okay, I've passed, passed a bar that has been set. I know a certain level and it, it gives you that sort of, it gives you that confidence, I think, to have those conversations. But I think it also means that others around you can go like, if they don't know you, then, then there's that, that piece. And it, it definitely makes you more employable. So I think if you're starting out learning Apex, get a dev or write Apex, do that. That's, that's going to be the most important thing. But when you then, if you then start to look at how can I progress my career, that's when you want to look at certification. How important do you think enjoying the process of learning Apex is when it comes to being a good practitioner? So I guess expanding on that, I have found I, I'm very interested in, in it. So it's easy for me to get up in the morning or read a chapter of your book and then, you know, spend 30, 45 minutes you know, trying to learn it. But if you're just doing it just to do it, I, I think it's kind of hard. So um, just wanted to get your input on that. I mean, the, you know, as, as I kind of said on at the start, when, you know, we were starting to chat is for me being interested and in kind of having a passion about it is, is 90% of the hard work because you'll pick it up. You want to learn about it and you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be more engaged in with the content. Um, I think it's important as well when you say about the cert, like, is that I've failed a bunch of certs. Like I have failed more than my fair share. Um, and a lot of people aren't comfortable saying that or don't realize that that's true, especially when you see so like, you know, when you see someone and you see they've got 18, it's like, yeah, they've got 18 certs, but ask them how many, you know, I can take the identity and access management cert. I think I took five or six times. And like part of that was laziness on my part from not, revising properly for it each time and thinking, oh, I've got this or, you know, and, and bits and pieces like that. Part of it was just some of the, the terminology I would get confused over and it took me a while to get through it. That's the nature of the beast. Runner. I know people that have failed their PD one three or four times. I, I took the CTA review board and got smacked around. Like it's, that's part of learning is making a mistake. If it happens to be that you've made a mistake on an exam or made a mistake whilst you are, in a dev org and it throws up an error they're the same thing it just ha so happens that you paid a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for the privilege of one of them um i think that it is <laughs> enjoying the process and enjoying what you're doing to me is, is a massively important thing and if you are just doing it because someone's told you to do it you're going to ask well why am i why am i listening to that person um you know i i got i'm not gonna say good at doing apex um i got good at what I do and I was able to write the things I've done and do the things I've done because I did things that interested me around it so Paul thank you so much for joining the show I think you've uh provided so much insight uh 
based on your experiences and um, it's, it's kind of priceless information, especially for someone like me, who's trying to become a, uh, like I had said in the beginning, I'm a wannabe developer. So um, I appreciate you coming on the show again. Uh, people are going to learn so much from this and um, I look forward to having you back in the future sometime. Thank you. No, it's, it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation and like, yeah, I, I, the, the thing I'd say to yourself and to every other person who's trying to learn something or aspiring out there is like everyone starts everyone starts at the same position like so and it's it's a cliche thing and like i know it's a, a massive and you know this is the brit in me coming out be like it's a massive cliche but it's true that like you know don't sit there and look at someone yeah i, I remember when i started working and was working with someone like like andy like caroline or was working with joe and like you look up to these people and you think man they, they know so much stuff how do they get there? And it's like, because they've been doing it for ages. Like, don't give up. That's it. Like, all it is is, you know, what's it? 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. That's it a lot of the time. So in, try and enjoy what you can so that, you know, if you're sweating, you're at least enjoying doing that. But you'll all get there. And I think um, I think as long as you're enjoying the learning process and and kind of a, a going through and finding value in it, then, you know, it can't, it, it won't hurt your career. It won't hurt you. And you'll end up a much better Place for every person in this room who's had a struggle, who's had some pains, who's had some tests, who's got some creative ideas, but you've gone through some really tough stuff. Whatever you do, don't lose your head. Pull your feelings out of it. Pull your insecurities out of it. Be strong and very courageous. If you are going to birth your dream, your calling, your passion. You can't draw back when life gets tough. You've got to stand up to it and push.